Welcome to the future of NFTs, brought to you by Adlunum, the first engaged to earn proof of attention IDO launchpad. Hosted by co founder Natya Vester, we bring you exclusive insights on NFTs, the revolutionary digital technology that's transforming the world as we know it. Hey, Web3 World, this is Natya Vester from Adlunum, and you are listening to The Future of NFTs the show that looks beyond current NFT use cases to what non-fungible token technology is evolving into. All of this as seen through the eyes and built by the amazing minds of the fascinating guest speakers we speak to each week. Adlunum is building the industry's first Web3 investment platform with an engaged-to-earn model and a proof-of-attention allocation mechanism. And we deep dive into the world of NFTs because as an investment platform, We are contributing to the future of NFTs through our dynamic NFT investor profiles that form part of our engaged earn model. So today I am speaking to, sorry, I think it's, you guys can still hear me, right? I'm having a bit of trouble with Twitter. It's showing me that I'm not connected. All right, awesome. So today I'm speaking to the founder of Mason Dow, Simon Mikulajcik. And Simon is an accomplished entrepreneur with over a decade of expertise in digital marketing, community creation, and event management. He began his career co-founding a fashion startup that supported Polish designers in launching their collections and forming communities. He has a robust background in organizing and promoting large-scale music events in the lifestyle space, collaborating collaborating rather sorry with high profile artists from various industries and managing sizable teams and simon has since pivoted to tech startups uh, he spent years guiding marketing departments in deep tech firms uh, as well as community building and fundraising and at the moment simon is focusing on mason dow and i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing this correctly XI drip, maybe there's a way cooler way to pronounce this. Uh, So Mason Dow is dedicated to creating a digital Web3 ecosystem for fashion designers and luxury brands, offering unique tools and virtual spaces for events and exhibitions. And XI drip is an NFT subscription magazine and digital brand. So very, very fortunate to be speaking to Simon today because I think there's so many shifts happening in terms of traditional industries moving into the Web3 space and using NFTs in, in their offerings. And fashion is definitely one of those industries where we have been seeing so many different disruptions. Um, but I think there's a lot of people that really still don't know what's happening because it's still quite a niche market. Uh, and at the same time, fashion is something that unites us all. There's very few people in the world that don't have the choice to to not to wear something every day. So we, we're looking forward to hearing what Simon is going to be introducing us to in this brave new world of digital fashion. Simon, welcome. Very happy to have you on the show today. Thank you, Nadia. Yes, it's great uh, to to be here, and uh, your pronunciation of uh, XI Drip uh, is exactly the on spot. Uh, so don't worry about this uh, during the conversation. Um, I'm very happy to be here, be uh, be able to share um, knowledge, to share uh, insights from uh, from the industry and uh, from from my story. So uh, thank you very much for uh, inviting me. Awesome. So I think let's, to kick things off, uh, can you please introduce yourself in terms of what led you to create Mason Dow and XIDRIP? Yes, sure. So um, as you mentioned in the, in the first intro, um, I started uh, in my home country um, to develop uh, fashion projects and streetwear projects. And I was always thinking to connect this to technology. I was always interested in new technology, artificial intelligence, uh, blockchain, um, everything that's connected to the startup world. Um, so I really wanted to develop uh, my, own, my own project in this area. And when I moved to Berlin, um, I was working in uh, AI companies. It, it was six years ago. Um, so uh, a little bit before the huge trend that, that we see right now in, in, with artificial intelligence. And uh, what I what I 
recognize what, what I've seen uh, was that um, these new technologies can really help the fashion industry, the lifestyle industry, um, the ownership of digital assets uh, would be important at some point. Um, so I dedicated my um, career and my life to, to develop this um, to develop these solutions, uh, to develop uh, communities in this area. Uh, and that's what Maison Dao is. It's basically a collective of digital fashion and avatar artists. Uh, we are working together on events. Uh, like, uh, for example, we have a big showcase uh, on the fashion stage during during the uh, non-fungible conference in Lisbon um, in seven days, exactly. Um, so it will be a very nice uh, show on the uh, cube screen. Yeah, there will be like uh, four screens uh, formed as a cube. Um, and uh, there will be a, a real catwalk beneath it uh, where we're going to showcase 3D uh, jewelry. So that's the exciting thing. That's the uh, exciting thing that's happening right now. And they are possible thanks to the community that we built with Amazon um, Down. Wow, that sounds super exciting. So anyone who's going to be in Lisbon in a couple of days, definitely make sure to check out what Mason Dow is doing over there if you happen to be attending the conference. And if not, ask yourself, why not? So Simon, Mason Dow seems to bridge the gap between traditional finance and the digital world that obviously is where every industry is moving towards. So why do you think is fashion one of the first industries in which there is such a tremendous interest in going from, I mean, fashion is something that's so incredibly tangible. It's clothes that we wear every single day when we go out into the real world. So why do you think this adoption has happened so quickly in terms of the digital world where there's still so much talk about, you know, the metaverse being dead and I mean, never going to happen or it's going to happen decades into the future and yet fashion has really been one of those industries where people are immediately jumping on this trend of you know what actually fashion is not just about the real world textiles that you wear but there is this entire digital world that may or may not take however long to materialize for most people but we as an industry are going to start moving into it really really early what do you think is the impetus behind this early adoption of the industry I think there are two ways um, to explain that. Um, one way would be that uh, because of the um, because of the gaming industry, uh, lots of young people are used to buying skins. They are used to buying avatars in different games, um, winning avatars, um, creating characters. And uh, this is a big element of fashion and digital identity. So I think one of the reasons that's driving this uh, this adoption in this field is exactly the the start with the like a normal gaming, and uh, that right now uh, is also working with the metaverse and uh, um, and the digital worlds, yeah, digital creations. So I think this is one thing. And the second thing is that. Um, among um, fashion enthusiasts, the idea of reselling items and collecting items like collecting sneakers, for example, right? Or collecting um, um, Gucci bags or, or Louis Vuitton bags. Uh, it was already existing in the industry, right? Um, so adding the digital component, adding digital ownership to both reward assets and digital assets uh, makes total sense. Um, so people, in short, people want to express their identity in a real world. They do it in with with fashion, with style, with uh, tattoos, with piercing. And in digital world, it will be pretty much the same. People will be creating their avatars, um, um, creating avatars, uh, creating looks for the avatars, adding the items. And that's uh, the second thing I wanted to mention that uh, we have right now. And on with non-fungible conference, we have a NFC avatar challenge where people can actually post under our Twitter announcement uh, looks of their avatars and win subscription to uh, to our magazine and to our brand and also to be showcased during the conference in Lisbon. So um, any listeners that uh, that have some cool avatars or they create something with Ready Player Me, they are super welcome to, to join and uh, express their digital identity. And uh, then our jury with some really great experts from the digital fashion field uh, will uh, sit together, uh, talk about this, and we'll select some uh, amazing looks uh, that will be presented during the show. But I think this is one of the driving influences for um, adoption um, of this digital world and fashion industry. 
So I'm curious because you mentioned gaming as one of the first sort of initial drivers for this, which makes complete sense. But that obviously speaks to a very specific target audience. So I'm curious in terms of people who will be adopting digital fashion, is there a specific target audience that you are looking to uh, or the artists that you work with, are they creating their art for a specific, let's say for Generation Z, for example? Uh, or do you see that this is happening more across the board? Because I often think about this. In fact, I had a conversation the other day with a friend of mine who is now in her 60s. And she was telling me that most of her designer items she's had since like 1950, 1960. I mean, it's you know way before I was even a twinkle in my own parents' eyes. Um, and I was fascinated by this idea that as you know, a person who has lived all of these decades with fashion items that you know she's owned ever since, me on the other hand, I'm a digital nomad. I mean, I I, I live a very minimalistic lifestyle. At least I try to. Um, and so for me, the concept of even though I'm not a gamer, but the concept of expressing myself, you know, in, in terms of fashion digitally makes a lot more sense than it does for me to carry around like a whole, you know, lug, uh, uh, closet full of clothes as I travel from country to country. So I'm wondering, yes, in the beginning, it might be a specific target audience that is, you know, obviously most targeted. But do you envision a future where not only a specific generation, obviously the younger generation, but that more and more people, irrespective of their age group or of their interests, are going to start adopting uh, what we, are, you know, th th this world of digital fashion. So, so two two questions in there: A, who are the people who are currently being targeted by by organizations such as yourself? And then in the future, do you think that it's going to scale to many different target audiences? I think uh, it's a great question um, because the start with gamers is basically because these younger generations uh, that you mentioned, they are super interested in it, they understand it, they actually grew up with this being already a case. Um, so for them, it comes natural. Regarding the other groups, uh, I think, um, firstly, um, like digital collectors, NFT collectors, um, they, um, they are in like in various ages, right? The various uh, various groups. Uh, very, it's a very diverse group of people, um, and I think um, this is one of the um, of the way to diversify the um, the potential segments that could be interested uh, in it and grow from there. Um, that would be one thing. And so, and uh, secondly, I think that. Um, uh, what you mentioned already about the digital identity that uh, for digital nomads and many people, it could be actually easier to um, express themselves with a filter on Instagram. Uh, that's our idea also how to do it, not only skins for the metaverse, but also digital um, digital filters for uh, Snapchat or Instagram that you can express. You don't have to own the item in the real world, but you can own the digital item and use it for your photos. In this way, you can already have this digital identity um, created and expressed uh, on social media, which is one of the uh, main ways for people to, to communicate right now, right? Through social media platforms. Um, so from this, it can definitely grow to, to other groups uh, as well, thanks to yeah, social media uh, promotion and, being, and it being viral. The last point that I wanted to make on this is that um, if you think about the future, definitely the one of the big um, big changes that will come, and it's possible that it will come sooner than later, is the arrival of AR glasses. And with AR glasses, we'll actually be able to see other people uh, as avatars, right? So uh, people could wear normal clothes, but when you look at them with AR glasses, they actually be their digital identity, right? They could be different avatar, they could have some different clothes. Um, so if people really want to um, think about the future, that will happen. And then um, if you think about the people that exist right now, everybody wants to, everybody has their own style. Yeah, like it's not better or, or worse. Everybody has their own style and like to express themselves. So in this new future, they will also use some kind of items. Yeah, they will use some some kind of things to represent them. Uh, finally, um, there are also different events that are happening officially. Um, for example, business conferences or um, school reunions. 
Um, and this kind of events in the future, I believe, will also move a little bit to digital world or real world enhanced with digital. And for these manners, uh, I really believe that people, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 years old uh, will also have, uh, will also like to have some fun, uh, right? Uh, they, they, they like to express themselves too. So they will find ways and the companies will find ways uh, to find solutions for them. Well, I can't wait for the time when I can wear the same outfit day after day, but people look at me and see whatever I want them to see. That will make a lot of things a lot easier for me because I'm very lazy when it comes to fashion. Um, so, you know, one thing that always really stands out for me in this conversation about digital fashion is how it might promote environmentally friendly practices. Because as we know, we live in this world where fast fashion is a tremendous problem. I actually saw a news article the other day about in Chile where uh, you can actually see like piles of clothes having been dumped uh, from the moon. I, I actually, sorry, I haven't fact checked this, so please take that with a pinch of salt. But the, the point being that we live in a world where, especially in an Instagram and social media, you know, uh, first world where people very often will buy an outfit, wear it once in order to post it on social media. And then they simply don't wear it again because obviously the world has already seen them in that outfit. So do you think that sustainability is going to more and more become a conversation in digital fashion um, in the sense that it's much more environmentally friendly to change your outfit, you know, 70 times a day on, 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 uh, in the digital world, as you say, like Instagram, Snapchat, so that we would uh, systematically be moving away from this idea that, yes, fast fashion is the way to go. So um, I'm very happy that uh, we are touching on this subject because it's one of the first things that uh, made me think about new technologies and uh, blockchain. And the six years ago, when I started um, started this uh, my own research about uh, blockchain technology and tokenization of assets, it was my first use case. It was my sort of like first first idea that I was thinking about. Um, overproduction of items, and I think my my example was that uh, I saw an article Louis v, that Louis Vuitton is actually burning their wallets and purses that were not sold because it's better to burn them than uh, sell them on a lower price on the promotion because then this, the high esteem of their brand would be diminished. Um, I saw this news and I was like, "How is it possible? Like, how is it possible that people are actually burning the stuff that were that uh, that was created? It's not generating any more value. It's very artificial." Um, so um, I was thinking that if we um, construct the um, tokenized system where every item, every material is being tracked, and then we see the number of users that are buying this, we can at least minimize the impact of overproduction. We could know, okay, we have 1 million wallets that are interested in this new collections. Maybe we'll create the items more on, more on the scale that is realistic. Uh, and uh, thanks to this, limit the overproduction. Um, also allowing for people to, to have more pre-order kind of uh, relationship with brands um, where they actually pre-order things uh, much before and there is no overproduction in the specific collections that are pre-ordered -pre even on the higher scale of big brands or big fashion or luxury brands. Um, so that was something that I was exploring and that made me think about uh, how we can utilize, utilize um, uh, blockchain technology for sustainability. Um, the other aspect that I think it's worth mentioning is the subscription model. Uh, this new project that I'm doing, yeah, Exile Drip is exactly a subscription model where we're going to generate firstly, firstly digital assets uh, based on the number of users that are subscribing. So it is limiting overproduction of digital assets, which we know also is affecting the, the climate, right? It's uh, the digital world uh, because of electricity and all the other things is also affecting the climate. So we can limit this with this, but in the future, we also want to develop real world collections that are uh, connected to NFTs uh, and uh, this uh, subscription uh, pre-order model uh, would be actually utilized to, um, to, to make it more sustainable. Um, with this project, we really want to uh, become a sustainable digital fashion brand and ultimately uh, a whole fashion brand as well. 
Yeah, awesome. That is so absolutely fantastic because I think so many people in the digital and especially the Web3 space, even with the opportunities that we have to do things different, to think with a more sustainable mindset, we very often come at the same problems with the same mentality of, you know, what's right in front of us and what the opportunities are, but not really thinking about which problems that we currently face in the real world can also be solved in terms of sustainability and environmentally friendly practices. So I'm curious, with Mason Dow, you are creating a very unique space for independent designers and brands to, you know, do things a little different. Um, which are, in, in terms of the percentage split, how many designers that you work with were previously in the design space, in the fashion design space, and how many of them, because now there's a new canvas, so to speak, how many of them are coming into this fashion design industry for the first time because of the technological uh, capabilities that these tools offer? Okay, I think... Um... It's worth to say right now that uh, yeah, this new um, the new situation um, happens. Um, how to say being it's being realized right now with AI uh, because previously still to design digital fashion you would either need a fashion experience from the real world because um, applications like Flow 3D, um, Marvelous Designer, and others they work in a similar way as real-world fashion. You still need to create patterns. Uh, they, you have to know how to sew them together, even digitally, uh, but you have to know which part is connected to which part to create the item. So you either um, needed a fashion experience to be able to create these items, or you, ha you had to have um, digital art a background 3d art where some of these things are already so much easier to you because you design them in um and in, in, so in different software um that is designed yeah that is dedicated to creating 3d patterns and 3d objects um so i think um during this uh, this time that we are doing Maison Dao is a, a um one year and a half right now most of the um, most of the designers were actually coming from the 3D, 3D art or, or, or fashion industry, and they were changing their careers into the digital fashion and avatar, um, uh, yeah, digital fashion and avatar field. Uh, we also have a great example, right? One of the, um, one of my uh, partners in the XAI Drip and one of the core members of Maison Dao is actually uh, Jacques de Quecker. He's a real world photographer from Brazil with more than 100 covers for um, Vogue magazine, Harper's Bazaar, Elle magazine, so for fashion magazines. But last year he decided to create a studio where he's creating avatars and fashion um, and photo shoots digitally um, and that's something what is um, he's great he's having great co contracts great work is being done he created some amazing digital influencers for brands in brazil uh, he created a digital cover with one of the biggest celebrities in brazil for l magazine um, so we so to answer your question we definitely see that uh, most people are making moves and making big moves um, are actually people who had previous background in uh, in the field of fashion or photography uh, or art. Um, but uh, I think it's worth to say that with the advent of AI, um, AI fashion, people could actually right now create um, with prompts, um, with Midjourney or Dali, they could actually create right now amazing pieces. So um, great looking pieces. Obviously, it's not fully created by them. It's more like I, I sometimes say it's more like poetry, right? You have to write the right prompt to get the results that you want to achieve. Um, and with this, we we see people who are first into um, they are first into the fashion world, but they have this ability to um, to write prompts to to write it in a way that uh, it's uh, yeah developing great items, great collections uh, that people enjoy. So I think this is the answer to the question that with AI, it's actually possible for almost anyone to become more or less a designer because you don't need that much of technical prowess like before to de to develop the items themselves. Yeah, I think for me, you know, this whole uh, proliferation that we are currently seeing with AI, there's so much conversation around whether it's removing human creativity. But what I'm seeing is that so many people that previously 
had not the technical expertise in terms of art and you know various art forms are suddenly because of the advancement of AI they are suddenly able to express themselves in a way that previously was simply not possible or even they didn't know that they had a creative bone in them but because they are using AI as a partner so to speak uh, they are able to move into a space that previously was very closed off to them so i'm curious I think you've already touched on this, uh, you know, in so many words. But do you think that NFTs and digital fashion can help democratize the fashion industry? I see. Yeah, definitely. I see that uh, these new um, new technologies and this new movement, community-based project like Maison Dao, which is which is a collective, right? Which is a community of artists. Um, it can definitely help to democratize access because. These people that we have right now, um, they are speaking on conferences, right? Uh, they are uh, having podcasts. They are being invited to different shows um, to share the knowledge about what we are doing. And thanks to this, uh, we actually can um, educate and uh, show the ways for um, these new generations of artists uh, that will come after us. Um, so I think uh, that's a very interesting um, aspect. Um that democratiz democratization of, ag of, of access to it will also work through the educational part, right? We have to do our job uh, to um, to share the knowledge, like, for example, like I'm, I'm speaking today, uh, because I really believe that that's one of the main points um, that we really have to cover, uh, to share the knowledge, to speak about our experiences, uh, share the insights with the people. Um, and uh, thanks to this, people can get to know how to get involved uh, with all of this, if they're excited about this, how to connect to the right groups, uh, to right communities, who to ask for help. Um, so that's why we are here um, to really democratize the, the access. And I think you mentioned also that um, with Maison Dao, we are focused on independent artists. It's actually true. Um, we, we have some collaborations right now with um, IPs and, and brands that will come later this year. Um, one of the biggest football clubs uh, is interested uh, in in the collection with us, uh, so that's something what we're gonna do. Uh, owners of big IPs from Hollywood, uh, from film industry, they want to create digital fashion, uh, so that's one of the ways that um, we could help these upcoming designers to be seen on the higher scale, right? Um, which is actually a very important part of the process. Yeah, wonderful to hear how much traction you are gaining. That's incredible. So in terms of the opportunities and in terms of the growth that you're experiencing, what are some of the challenges that you face so far in bringing this vision to life and how are you overcoming them? So um, obviously um, there, there, are, um, the, the, there are some things that uh, are um, not helping us in a way, and I would say that definitely a big, a big problems uh, uh, with with what we are doing. We're always coming after the crashes, for example, on the crypto market because, like, these industries are still very much connected, um, and one of the revenue streams are definitely connected to the sale of NFTs of different kind. So when the crypto market is crashing, it's also affecting our designers. It's affecting affecting the collectors and uh, ultimately affecting our, our traction or um, ability to get investment. Um, so I think this is one of the downside that um, it's still not um, super developed industry, right? It's getting traction, but it's not super developed industry. It's very saturated as well. There are many, many studios um, joining the, the yeah, like joining the, the industry um, trying to create their own things, which is amazing. And um, that's why I'm also a member of a Metaverse Fashion Council, where uh, where, where there's, I think, more than 1,000 or 2,000 members right now. Um, and uh, it's all about uh, creating new standards and uh, being able to collaborate between each other uh, on a higher scale. Yeah, I mean, I think until the time that people start thinking of these technologies as technologies rather than a subset of the crypto market, we are just going to continue to have to ride the highs and the lows along with <laughs> with the crypto market. Um, I'm also curious, 
In terms of traditional designers and brands, uh, what response have you received from them? I know that you've said that you have a lot of things in the pipeline, but I'm curious, how have these traditional design designers and brands uh, been receptive to this new concept of fashion in the metaverse and fashion in terms of linked to NFTs? And so, so what what challenges have there been in terms of them getting to this point where they accept this as the future? Has it been you know as easy as you anticipated it would be, or? maybe more difficult than you thought it would be? Because obviously it's a huge mindset shift, A. But then second, as you mentioned, because it's still so linked to the idea of crypto, uh, a lot of people, I, I imagine, would still be hesitant to kind of pivot their brands or at least enhance their brands um, because they don't want to be associated with the negative aspects of the industry. So uh, I think obviously there are... Um like no, th there are hesitant. It's not that every brand uh, jumped uh, on this right now, but uh, from the maybe no luxury world, you can you you see one of the no one uh, two of the biggest brands, Nike and Adidas, uh, that formed their own strategy how to work with uh, with uh, with this field. Um, firstly, the Nike they they went into the way to buy one of the leading digital fashion brands Artifact uh, and this is already um the yeah, Artifact is already part of their um core brands and uh, they are developing a lot of uh, NFT based uh, solutions um Air Force uh, I think um models of um, Air Force sneakers that are both uh, real world and digital um augmented with uh, with new technologies um, so this is one of the ways that uh, the, that yeah one of the biggest brands Nike actually decided to 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 grow into this industry and then you have Adidas which uh, worked more in the collaboration way with uh, Gimani with some collectors with uh, designers uh, to create experiences um, together to release some collections to um, to release membership passes for um, for Adidas uh, future um, metaverse events and, and, and actions and collections. Um, and um, also a mintable, there was like a mintable digital asset uh, so you could buy the digital and then receive in the future uh, the reward um, hoodie. Um, so these are one of the tactics of the sport brands, like casual brands. And then um big luxury brands they actually they have the budget to develop these campaigns and brands like burberry uh, gucci um entered the market um sometimes before um and uh, with uh, this new i think this year uh, with this new uh, things um, that Dolce Gabbana, Tommy Hilfiger released um digital assets uh, contests with uh, designers um i think there are obstacles to it because some of these uh, brands maybe don't understand the innovation and the need for it. But because of them having the budget, um, they can actually risk it and uh, and uh, be able to um, develop uh, to develop um, solutions for them, right? Uh, by collaborating with other brands or like Nike by buying out the top brands. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think this is a general trend that we are seeing in Web3, that the big brands with the big budgets, they have the capacity to test drive and to see, you know, dip a toe in the waters. And OK, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And they're they're able to fail because even if they do fail, you know, it's still a learning curve. It's still a learning experience that they are able to do, uh, whereas smaller brands, obviously, with any technological innovation, it takes time because we all learn from these big brands. We learn from the mistakes. Uh, it's almost like receiving a, you know, sort of by proxy training. Okay, this is how they are doing it. This is how they are not doing it. So I, I see a lot of that happening in many, many different industries that are starting to incorporate Web3. Um, so I'm curious, in terms of NFTs, how do NFTs play a role in this digital fashion world and specifically in Maisendal? Um, so I think the... Um, the crucial role uh, that uh, NFT plays in this industry 
is about the ownership of items. Um, our artists, uh, because Maison Dao is the centralized brand and how we see it is that actually every project, every brand, they're developing their own collections. They're releasing on various platforms. Uh, they're releasing uh, the items for different metaverse, um, for different metaverse platforms. And uh, that's how we, how we think about it. Um, our role in Maison Dao is to facilitate um, their connection, the connection to others uh, by organizing events where they can showcase uh, their work, um, like this event in uh, Lisbon next week, um, so they can get access to the collectors, they can get access to the investors and get access to other projects. And uh, secondly, uh, the other aspect of um, the NFT in the, in the fashion world is definitely the one that I mentioned, which is the membership model, um, getting memberships uh, through, through possessing of NFTs and getting access to special benefits based on the NFT that you possess. Uh, it's like a basis of this um, XAI Drip project, yeah, which is a, one of the brands, new brands in, in MesoDAO. So I think uh, the connection between NFTs and uh, this fashion is strong. Um, sometimes people are asking the question, which is like, but why would I pay for digital assets, right? Like, why, why would I pay for NFTs? But uh, if you look at the story of uh, gaming and even Facebook, people were spending hundreds of dollars on Farmville and they were not asking this question, right? I mean, um, <laughs> so, um, so I don't think it's something that people will need a long time to get used to. I think in the next uh, five years, um, people will get used to the idea that the digital possession is as real as the real world possession of things. If you can sell it, if you can trade it, um, that's that's basically the, the ownership. So if we think of the world of fashion as it has been since, well, time immemorial, and obviously in the, let's say, last, I don't know, 100 to 150 years, it's really come into its own as this concept of designer way and the ability to express yourself as a unique individual. I mean, we know this in the real world, but now with the addition of digital fashion and NFTs and all of these new technologies, uh, and especially I wanted to also add what you mentioned er earlier about virtual influencers. How do you see the future of fashion in general? What do you think it's going to look like in a couple of years for the average person? So, um, yeah, I think the aspect of virtual influencers is uh, it's an interesting one, right? Because um, if we if we see at the, the projects that exist right now um, um, in, um, in, in, the, in the digital world where people and brands are utilizing this uh, kind of influencers, I saw a very big success in doing this uh, because uh, working with reward people, which, which is obviously great, and uh, they can also, the reward people, they can also create their digital copies and it, it could also be used in this way. But um, using this digital, it also gives a more creative potential, right? More creative adaptability. Uh, more changes that you can uh, in, implement on different campaigns. Um, so I think yeah, it's a very um, very engaging part of our work. And uh, uh, Jacques de Quaker, he's exactly uh, yeah, um, he built this um, uh, influencer Arya Phoenix. Uh, she is right now at around 50k followers on Instagram, and she has um, she her video was on the Times Square in New York dancing, uh, for example, and she's being part of different campaigns for brands in Brazil. So definitely, it's working, and people are open to this kind of um, uh, to this kind of experiments. And I think that will be one of the this potential future of fashion being realized um, that people want to interact with the digital avatars, right? Um, and because of these new technologies like artificial intelligence uh, implemented well, they will be able to actually talk to these digital influencers, right? They will be able to have conversations about style, uh, have conversation about, um, I don't know, trends. Uh, and I think that, that, that will be very, very exciting. It will be like a big world game uh, that have mix of reward elements and digital elements. It's like a hybrid reality. 
and uh, people experiencing this through virtual reality, through headsets. Um, we don't believe that this is the like one and only way that people will be using this because it will be difficult for people. And we also really don't want this matrix like future when people are connected to the uh, yeah, to the matrix <laughs> eight hours or 10 hours per, per day laying at their home um, on the couch. Uh, this is not the future that we we believe in. Uh, we more believe in this um, AR, uh, more AR technology, augmented reality, where people can have glasses but go actually outside, see digital things together, um, do see, um, for example, see the digital elements during the events of any kind. Uh, they could be entertained together on a concert with uh, AR effects uh, flowing around them. Um, so I think, um, yeah. This is the big element of fashion uh, that uh, we see because people will express their digital identity in a completely, um, yeah, completely new way, much more uh, approachable, and it will be actually seen as a real-world thing uh, because of this uh, hybrid, hybrid, um, yeah, because of this hybrid approach. Simon, I just want to express my gratitude for your balanced approach because I think very often people go all into something and it's almost as if because of what they are working with, the real world can go to sleep because, you know, everything has to be online and everything has to be virtual. So yeah, I really appreciate your views that there is still a real world out there and this is an addition. It's not going to be a replacement because I think that's the... That's a thing that scares a lot of people that are not working with these technologies is it seems to them like everything is moving into the, into the digital world where ultimately we will always have this hybrid model of having one foot in the real world and one foot in the in the digital one. Well, unless we get to a, a stage like, you know, a ready player one or something, but let's hope it never gets there. So in terms of events, uh, you know, we've been we've been hearing more and more about metaverse events, after parties, etc. And I know that you guys have had quite a number of different events uh, where you are obviously in the space as well. So can you walk us through what a typical event would look like for those people in the audience who might not have attended an event like this? And what makes them different? What sets them apart from uh, more traditional events? Yes, uh, so I think um, definitely we, we have experience in running different uh, metaverse events uh, together also with Kadeen James from uh, Marisif Kind, uh, one of our core members. Uh, we, we have our own collaborative gallery space um, that uh, we use to organize um, fashion digital fashion shows uh, after parties. We had the screening of the video about sustainability with collaboration with Greenpeace. Um, we, um, yeah, we, we had different kind of events and uh, actually the biggest problem right now, it's still the size um, because for our premier event last year, for example, we had 1,300 signups, <laughs> but the spatial space can only host up to 50 people. So, <laughs> so um, it was like an experience from the real world when you have a party that people are invited to, but then the amount of space inside is not <laughs> good and people spend two, three hours in the line just, just to be able to, to, to be a part of the event. Um, so it's not completely different from the real world, um, but obviously the kind of engagement is is a bit, it, it is a bit different. People can join through virtual headsets, they can join through mobile phones, they can join via the computer right through the desktop and they can select their avatar, they can dress the avatar with fashion, with uh, Ready Player Me platform, um, and then um, with um, they can make moves, they can dance, um, so that's why we were able to realize the after parties as well uh, because of this like dancing element. There are some coded moves that you can use and connect them together, creating some <laughs> some uh, special and really <laughs> interesting dances. So people can interact with each other. They can talk to each other. There is a chat right now as well in spatial. So um, yeah, people can really be entertained. And uh, we actually are we're getting very good reviews after um, after um launching this this events last year
in the same way uh, for example i also realized like a different kind of thing in the gallery because um, television from singapore uh, they wanted to make the interview with me and we actually realized the interview inside the gallery walking around seeing a digital art and digital fashion from our designers <laughs> so um it was also like very engaging and interesting experience the it's actually online on youtube um as well uh but yeah it works pretty well so um i'm super positive about the ability to to have the online like totally online metaverse events it's totally um doable and uh, people love it yeah i think for my team that are currently in the audience they know that whenever we at adlunum are in special because we hold some of our team events there I'm always the one that needs help from everyone just in terms of like how to sit down and how to move my avatar. So <laughs> definitely there should be some training for people like me. I always say that even though I work in technology, I'm probably the person who never can figure out how it works. So can you explain when Mason Dow collaborates with artists and brands, um, what does this creative process look like for you and how you work with them? For now, I would say that it's still a little bit of uh, manual work that needs to be uh, needs to be done. Um, right, uh, people need to talk to each other, have uh, have meetings. Um, it's not that much different from launching any any other project. Uh, on the way forward, um, on the way forward, I believe that uh, we will utilize more technologies to be able to. Automa automate the processes um, using artificial intelligence as well to divide the tasks between team members and to reward uh, team members for their work uh, on the project right based on the contribution uh, that they have um, so yeah that will be my answer that for now it's still pretty manual um, pretty manual process but we are looking for the ways to automate these processes and uh, make them um, make them less uh how to how to phrase it well that you know it will demand less real world project management right and uh, less uh, uh, real world uh, meetings um to to create things faster and to develop things faster so i'm also curious i know in terms of edge city the work that you've done there can you tell us a little bit more about what this entails so basically, Edge City is a multi-metaverse, um, uh, multi-metaverse IP, multiverse, uh, multiverse city. So um, basically, Edge City is the world that our digital creations are sort of living in. Um, so the designers of um, uh, that are in Maison Dame, the so the idea is sort of that their their collection are placed in this in this virtual world, and uh, our art galleries, for example, or like the XAI Drip brand are actually a brand in this imaginative edge city world. Um, and uh, we have some sort of infrastructure, um, you know, infrastructure, we have some sort of architecture that will be launched into different metaverses this year, uh, where we're going to have our um, edge city, uh, Maison Town um, um, headquarters, right? And people will be able to see art from our designers, uh, talk to them, right? Meet them to organize events there. Um, so that's the process that we have right now for HCD. At the beginning, we were thinking to build our own infrastructure, but uh, we are not in this. Uh, yeah, we are not in this kind of field. Uh, definitely, we uh, we decided to be on a more collaborative approach and uh, find partners from a different metaverse platforms that would like to have Edge City in their world. And thanks to this, uh, we can maximize the number of people that can actually interact with what we are building. And I think always the beauty of the space is its collaborative nature, because why reinvent the wheel or build a new wheel when you can just collaborate with someone who specializes in building that wheel? And there's such an open atmosphere in this industry, the Web3 industry, that it's so easy to just collab with others who specialize in things and leverage what they've built rather than try to build everything yourself. So we haven't spoken too much about XIDRIP and what the mission and the vision is there. So can you walk us through some of more, some more of, you know, really the, the vision behind it and where you are going with this? 
Sure, sure. Um, of course. So regarding the excellent drip, uh, the idea is uh, to create um, um, to create a platform in a NFT subscription uh, model where people can subscribe to different collections. Uh, we are starting with XA Drip Collection itself, uh, which will have accompaniment um, like a accompanying magazine uh, where we're gonna talk about the artists uh, that are in our community. We'll talk about trends. We'll showcase editorials from our core team. Um, so it will be like a like a fashion magazine. Uh, AI-driven fashion magazine, that's why the name is XA Drip, because everything we do uh, with this project is connected to uh, utilizing AI um, to create things uh, better, faster, um, more adaptable in a more personalized way. And um, this subscription will contain uh, digital art and fashion um, and um, other um, NFTs um, that as I call it uh, during the brand strategy sessions that we were having the last two months, I call it like uh, lifestyle NFTs. Um, so it will be connected to metaverse, for example, a pattern that people can use to decorate their metaverse building or AR space or their digital gar gallery. Maybe it will be like a furniture that they can use, some statues that they can use inside uh, their real world room, right? And and uh, project this through art um, through augmented reality inside their location. Uh, there will be AI generated music that they can use in their projects. So there will be like a different things that people, artists and collectors alike, can actually use in their metaverse digital digital world. That's why it's a XA drip. And the core context here is also sustainability. I really believe that uh, through building this kind of uh, subscription uh, service, um, we can yeah like we we can stay more sustainable uh, and develop the collections that are personalized for the users in a pre-order way. Uh, we have some brands that are doing digital collections, uh, so you are buying an NFT and you are getting the real world one, um, or the other way around. Uh, we are also one of core members of Maison Dao. Uh, Svetlana uh, from Honey, she's in the public right now. Uh, she's right now working on a, a project where they print um, digital, uh, not they print digital, they, they print jewelry, right? Uh, but to get this jewelry, you actually have to buy the NFT uh, that symbolizes the uh, ownership and the digital version of it. Uh, and then in the pre-order, you are getting the real world one. Um, so we really think that um, XOA Drip could be one of the solutions uh, where people think about sustainability. They think how to uh, be uh, more effective in their approach to a climate, um, to um, change the ways how we treat uh, digital possession as well. And that's one of our main caveat is to showcase that digital possession is actually as important as the real world one. And maybe even in the future, the digital possession will be uh, meaning more. The, exactly, you would be this perfect customer, <laughs> Nadia, as you mentioned, right? If you could wear yes, similar items every day in your um, in your life, but through digital, express your uh, identity in various forms, right? You could have hundreds of items and use them for different occasions. That would work for you. And that's one of the things we believe in XI Drip, that people will need these digital items of different kind to express their, the, 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 to express their digital identity to the, to the fullest extent. Yeah, definitely a very exciting time to be alive um, and looking forward to seeing what the future holds, especially for my wardrobe. Um, so I'm going to ask you a final question and in the meantime, invite the audience. If you have any question for, for Simon, then please uh, just DM them to the Adlunum uh, Twitter handle that you see in the space. And then I will select, you know, as, as many as we have time for before we close. So Simon, now, I'm, I'm working at the moment on a Netflix documentary about the future of the Internet. And one of the two most prominent technologies, of course, are Web3 and AI. And it really sounds from what you've been saying that I think you share a similar vision in the sense that there is going to come a time when we are not really going to differentiate, okay, this is Web3, this is AI. It's all just going to be the technologies that we have in our toolbox. So how do you think in terms of this development, how long is it going to take before 
we stop siloing, okay, this is AI and this is Web3 and really just think of these technologies as this is what we now have available to us as a global society. Sure, I think uh, it's a it's a big point that um, also when I'm thinking about my career, it's not like I'm a specialist in AI or special in Web three or specialist in metaverse itself, um, but I rather say in new technologies because it's like an umbrella term that I use for follow all of these things together because these things are a interconnected, uh, they depend on each other, um, and they are working in t- sort of in like a group thing. Um, for the great metaverse, you will need a lot of AI to make it more personalized. For a metaverse to work, you will need digital fashion. For the digital fashion to work, you will need uh, um, digital ownership, which is provided yeah, by, by Web3 um, Web, Web and blockchain uh, inside of it. Um, so all of these things are definitely connected and they wouldn't work as well uh, outside of outside of them as only one thing. Yeah, if it's only AI not connected to any other of these things, uh, only about data processing, of course it's great and for industry it's amazing, but it wouldn't change that much uh, the situation. But if we connect AI to all of these things that we built, um, that could actually uh, change. Um, I honestly believe that uh, that it can change lives of the, of the people and make it um, easier. They could have access to more personalized experiences, um, more not only more personalized, but more um, approachable experiences, right? Um, so I think this is the, the core um, the core thought that I would like uh, people to <laughs> leave this conversation with, right? That uh, the, all these things are connected together and for us is to uh, develop solutions, develop uh, projects, develop, develop uh, communities that are working to connect all of these things together to create a ecosystem that works for all. Perfect, Simon. Thank you so much. I'm quickly scanning through the questions. Uh, the first one, uh, how can an artist get involved with Mason Dow? What's the process like? Sure. So um, basically, we have uh, a domain, um, mesondow.world, uh, and uh, the email metaverse at mesondow.world. Um, the person uh, who is interested can always shoot us an email, send some portfolio. We can have some talks about it because as for now, it was um, it's um, to join the core community that we are building, right? This around 50, 60 digital fashion studios that are the main artists in the, in the community. Um, we were doing this process more uh, manually, right? Um, so it's still opportunity for people with uh, some experience um to join to the core team of the of the DAO but in the same time if it's a rising uh, rising artist we are super happy to see the portfolio right to 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 have a call 30 minutes uh, about some plan see maybe there is a match for some project uh, right away and that's basically happened to me two weeks ago or three weeks there was an artist that got interested uh, she wrote me on uh, LinkedIn, right? Um, she was like, oh, I love the Amazon Tao, I love XI Drip, how can I get involved? And actually, we are releasing um, two uh, Instagram filters for NFC conference together um, for next week. Um, so definitely, if you are an artist and you want to join and develop something with Amazon Tao or be a part of our events, uh, just contact us. Um, I'm also available here on Twitter, uh, obviously. Under this XAI drip profile, I um, invite everyone to follow this uh, because we'll share all our information about upcoming releases and events there. Um, so yeah, that would be an answer. Well, this leads me to my next question, which is really interesting. And I'm also curious to hear what your answer is. I'm interested in fashion. Should I go into digital fashion or into, into traditional fashion and then into digital fashion? Yeah. So what are your thoughts on this? Wow. Yeah, it is a good question. Like, what what to start with, right? Like, chicken and egg question. Should you still start with the real world fashion and then change into it? I think if your interest really in fashion, maybe it's worth to think about it in a in this like um, digital aspect. So, not only think about okay, I need to do a real world thing separately from digital, or digital things separately from real world. Maybe um, think about, and uh, we have some experience. Uh, with this um, about launching a brand that is uh, hybrid, right? Uh, That's really is connecting the pieces between the real world and digital world. 
That'll be my answer. <laughs> well, folks, there you have it. That's all the time we have for today. But Simon, I would like to ask you if you want the audience to walk away with only one concept, one idea, what, the, what would that be? Uh, I would say that uh, the main um, sort of like the main concept, main, main idea that um, I'm always telling the people is about collaboration and education. So if you have experience in any fields of this, uh, join community and share the knowledge with uh, share the knowledge with others. Take part in podcasts and Twitter spaces and talk about uh, what you're doing. That will definitely help everyone to develop, uh, you know, to develop the industry on an even better level and collaboration because, um, yeah, this is the, the main, the, the main way to go forward only by collaborating between each other. Uh, we can build uh, bigger, amazing things for our communities. Could not have said it better myself. That is always the spirit of this industry that keeps us going and really of all industries as we go into the future. Simon, thank you so much for sharing your time and your many, many amazing insights with us today. We will definitely be following closely. And if you didn't catch the beginning of, of our conversation today, there is a conference happening in Lisbon next week. So if you are anywhere close to Lisbon or to Portugal, please make sure to at least make an attempt to make it there because I think Simon and Mason Dow are going to be doing some incredible things over at the conference as in all the other projects that they are involved with. Uh, as for the audience, thank you so much for tuning in today. It's always an honor to have you share your time and attention with us here at Adlunum. And I will catch you again next week for another episode of The Future of NFTs brought to you by Adlunum. Cheers, guys. Simon, thank you so much. Wonderful to speak to you. Look forward to following along and seeing how the world of digital fashion evolves and really just the future in general. Thank you very much. It was amazing to be here. Thanks uh, to all the people that uh, attended our uh, our spaces today. Um, it was a great experience. If you have any more questions, please write me a DM here on Twitter. Uh, we can get connected on LinkedIn or any other platform. I'm super happy to to share, um, you know, experiences also one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, so don't be shy and uh, please uh, contact me. Thank you very much. Thank you, Simon. Have a lovely day, everyone. See you next week. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers. Take care. You've been listening to The Future of NFTs. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite streaming platform, like Spotify or iTunes. Connect with AdLunum on Twitter at AdLunum Inc. or our website, adlunum.cc.